Welcome back, everybody, to Death Holler. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Death. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, La Urena. And uh, we're discussing this part of the episode is about Freaky from 2020. Tagline, basic switch, killer new look. (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, Directed by Christopher Landon, uh, who also directed the Happy Death Day series. Uh, Written by Michael Kennedy and Christopher Landon. Music by Bear McCreary. Uh, budget of six million U.S. dollars and made eighteen point one million U.S. dollars. That is a good turnaround, but just remember this was in twenty twenty with all the shutdowns and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I guarantee that this movie would have made a lot more if it hadn't yeah, been what happened. That is true, but you know what? It did pretty good considering that. I I, I hate to do spoils, but I kind of enjoyed Tucker and Dale better better than this film. That doesn't mean it's going to do better in the box office, but it's surprisingly how much better this one did, even given a pandemic. And poor Tucker and Dale were just left in the woods and forgotten. That's uh, exactly. They just, I I mean, I feel like that's why it's criminally underrated. Like Tucker and Dale is like one of those movies that that always is a crowd pleaser. Like, but like when you ask people, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, oh, we got to correct this. You got to see this movie, you know. Um, Principal players in this one, Vince Vaughn uh, plays the Blissfield Butcher. But due to the (laughs) nature of the movie, it's both the final girl and the slasher. Uh, and of course, again, our link to, uh, Tucker and Dale is the fact that Vince Vaughn was in dodgeball with Alan Tudyk. So, uh, he was also in wedding crashers, old school, uh, played a very good dramatic turn in Hacksaw Ridge, uh, and true detective. I was talking to, um, coworker the other day, I think it was Emilia and she was telling me about how she uh, felt like Vince Vaughn always played the same character in movies, kind of that sarcastic humor that he has, like when he played in Fred Claus and that sort of thing. And I agree to an extent, but if you've ever watched Hacksaw Ridge or Brawl in Cell Block 99 and see his dramatic turns, he is a good dramatic actor. Yeah. He really is. Um, and the best thing about uh, Psycho 1998 is nothing. It <laughs> fell back into the you know pits of hell where it belonged, but... Um, He's grown as an actor since then, so we won't hold that against him. Yeah. Hey, you got to have your, you know, you can't be good at every, you can't be perfect in every film. <laughs> um, he's also politically, I, I enjoy him because I, I, I'm, from what I understand, he leans very heavily toward libertarian ideals. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and he's very tall. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but he's yeah. like six foot five or something yeah. ridiculous. Like he's, uh, no wonder he looks so crazy, like a giant in this movie versus all the other actors. And oh actresses. yeah. When I was watching him, uh, from, it was from behind, he had the mask on. It was at the beginning of the film. I was like, he has the perfect, like almost Jason Voorhees, but slasher type body. He, yeah, he has a slasher build. I, it surprised me that it's taken this long for him to be a slasher in a movie. Yeah. Honestly. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that he does so well at the comedic parts of the, the movie too, I, I mean, he, he can pull off a hulking, you know, like scary individual pretty well, actually. Uh, but he can also pull off a teenage girl. <laughs> very, very convincingly uh, in, a, in a scary way when we get to that part of it. Uh, Catherine Newton plays Millie Kessler, the slasher slash final girl due to the nature of the movie again. Um, uh, she's going to be in a lot of upcoming Marvel movies because yeah. she plays uh, Ant-Man or Paul Rudd's daughter, and there's a good chance everybody that Paul Rudd's character is going to die or be, you know, taken out of the MCU in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. so just be prepared for that. I mean, we all love Paul Rudd, and I don't know what it is with Marvel and their hatred for, you know, males, in particular white males, but... If they have the chance of replacing him with Catherine Newton's character, they're going to do it. That's what they're going to do. That's oh, what they've been doing. No, <laughs> I mean, I know that their contracts expire, and I respect that because maybe they like the actors. If they get tired of playing the character, um, then that makes sense because it's got to get tedious after a while. You know, same shit, different day, maybe feeling. It's a good paycheck, though. Now, on the contrary, if they are enjoying what they are doing and they are enjoying getting that repetitive paycheck and they're doing amazing as a character, and the fact that Paul Rudd doesn't fucking age, it's like, what are we doing? I I don't know. 
Yeah, Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks. I mean, I don't know what kind of thing they got into and in during the filming of wet hot American summer, but they, they both stopped aging right around the time they made <laughs> that movie. So there you go. Uh, she was also in detective Pikachu, uh, cock blockers, <laughs> although it's not called that. If you just look it up, it's called blockers with the chicken, you know, in front mm-hmm. of it, uh, paranormal activity four. uh, we all know her from supernatural because she played, uh, Claire Novak, um, Castiel's daughter in the series, um, Jimmy Novak's daughter. Jimmy, I was about but, to say, you know, yeah, I think it's Jimmy Novak's daughter, but still, fucking, uh, I don't like. I didn't like her in Supernatural. I, well, I'll be honest with you, I don't feel like she's that strong of an actress even in this movie. I mean, I know that's jumping the gun, but like, she didn't really have a personality as Millie until the end of the movie. I yeah. didn't feel like. Well, she had to go through some shit. I'm going to give her that. I'm going to give her that. She had to go through some shit to realize, holy fuck, you know, because she said, she specifically said, I've never felt so strong than being in this huge body. And that's that's legit. That's a real thing, you know? Yeah, she she was pretty bullied and kind of timid and stuff. I mean, that plays into it. The problem is, is that I feel like she... the way the movie sets it up, and I know this is getting ahead into the review slightly, but I mean, it, it needs to be brought up. She plays a decent killer in the movie. I'll yeah. give her that. Like, you know, the cold, steely killer doesn't really have much personality either, but like, she doesn't have to for that role. The problem is, is they don't give her a whole lot to, in, to actually play off of as Millie before the transformation. And then Vince Vaughn, when he takes the character over, uh, he has his his own personality, you know, because he, I mean, he, he's one of those people that's charismatic too. Like he, you know, his own, like he's out there, you know, with it. And like, I feel like you see more of her per- personality come to the forefront while he's playing the character. And then when it comes back to her, she doesn't have enough time at the end of the movie to really settle back into the role. So it's kind of like she's robbed of that development yeah. a little bit. Big time. <clears throat> um, Celeste O'Connor plays uh, Nala Chonis. Uh, Chonis. <laughs> I just said chonies. Uh, whatever. Uh, that's Millie's BFF. Uh, she was in Ghostbusters Afterlife, and uh, I'm not. They didn't show her as being in the new Ghostbusters movie, so I don't know what plot thread or why that's leaving. You know, because she played like the, kind of the girlfriend of Finn Wolfhard in, in okay. Ghostbusters Afterlife. So I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe you know they're moving it to New York again, so maybe she just drops out of the picture and it just it's Finn again and like by himself or whatever. I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, Misha Osservic uh, plays or Osservic plays Josh Detmer, uh, Millie's gay BFF. <laughs> um, I mean, I what what can you? I mean, I, there's is there another way to say it? I mean, that he plays like a stereotypical gay character in this. I, oh yeah, I, I hate to say it, but he does. Um, uh, he was in uh, Nosferatu TV series. Oh, okay. Um, the one that's, you know, um, by uh, Stephen King's son or whatever. I need to finish watching that. We only watched like one or two episodes and I did not go further. Same, same. But it, I feel like it's one of those things It was such a slow burn that mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I was wasting my time to stay with it. La Urena was having the troubles. I, I was having the troubles, so I can definitely see where you were having it. Um uh, Katie Fennerman or Fennerin, uh plays uh, Coral Kessler, Millie's mom. Uh, Dana Drory plays uh, Charlene Kessler. She goes by Char in the movie. Uh, police officer, Millie's sister. Uh, the teens that are killed during the intro are play- is Nicholas Stargell playing Isaac. Emily Holder playing Sandra. Mitchell Hoog playing e- Evan. And then Kelly uh, Lamar Wilson playing Jenny. Uh which is funny. That has to be a reference back to Jenny from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh two. yeah, like it has to be. It has. It's the same spelling of the name. Uh, Melissa Colazzo plays Ryler, who's the bully mean girl in the film. Uh, Alan Ruck um, plays Mr. Bernardi. He's the woodshop teacher, asshole. Everybody knows him from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He plays Cameron in that. Um, he was also in Spin City, Twister, Speed, and The Happening of All Things. God awful movie. <laughs> uh, the wannabe rapist slash bully jocks are Tim Johnson, who plays Squee, uh, Carter Glady, who plays Tobin, and Ezra Miller, uh, or oh. Sexton, who plays Brett. It's Ezra Sexton, but. Um, <laughs> and I was about to say, I didn't Steele catch that. Phil the Jock. 
What? No. what? I was about to say I didn't catch that Ezra Miller in there, but then never mind. I get it now. Yeah, well, that I, was, I gotta make I gotta make a joke at his expense. That he was an icky a, scene. Like that scene was effective because like knowing what they were wanting to do was just that was I was oh, like yeah, uh, he outright told her he's like the, you've got three holes there's three of us yeah you know what's going to happen that's that's exactly how he says it yeah I was like well okay this is going to be the one time we're rooting for the killer right now yeah it's it, they definitely deserved every death they had and especially the fact they were sawed in their privates with a mm-hmm. chainsaw that very well deserved. Uh, synopsis urban legend has it that every year the town of blissfield is visited by a homicidal maniac during homecoming millie kessler a timid and bullied teen bully teenager would have been his next victim but things get a little freaky on friday the 13th and the two end up swapping souls with one another funky shit happens when you use uh, myth mystical aztec daggers to do your killing Mean bitches get frozen, Woodshop becomes a splitting headache for one unlucky teacher, and chainsaws are used in ways that would make Leatherface proud. This body swap cuts deep. (laughs) Uh, Body count in this movie is 11, so not too shabby. Just too too shy of Tucker and Dale. We got Isaac with a broken bottle inside the throat. That was insane. I was like, yes. Uh, I mean, you can't fault this movie for the kills. This movie has some good inventive kills in it. Yeah. Although I did read the bottle being broken inside of a throat. It's been in a few other movies besides this. But um, they do it effectively in this. And this was my first time catching one, so well done. Uh, Sandra gets her head crushed with a toilet lid. Evan gets stabbed in the head with a broken tennis racket. And Jenny is impaled on a spear in the wall. Roller gets frozen to death in a cryo chamber. Mr. Bernardi gets sawed in half vertically with a table saw. He had to Squeeze be the inspiration. He had to be the inspiration. What's that? For, um, God, why can't I think of it right now? Uh, the Clown. Art the Clown. Oh. <laughs> I think Art the Clown came out before that, though. You think? Oh, did it? Oh, shit. Yeah, the okay. original movie. Yeah, the one where he saws the girl in half or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out before that. I didn't know. Oh. We'll cover art. He's inventive with his kills, if nothing else. Yeah. I think they're a little too uh, graphic, but that's that's just me. Uh, Tobin gets decapitated off screen. Brett gets crotch uh, mulched with a chainsaw <laughs> off screen. Phil gets stabbed in the eye with a sickle. And then the Blissfield Butcher himself gets stabbed through the back with a chair leg to finish off the movie. Quotes for this movie. Blissfield Butcher as being played by Millie at this point, whispering in the ear of the jock who just grabbed her ass. Your touch makes my pussy as dry as sandpaper, you fucking monkey. I can't wait to kill you. <laughs> One of the best lines in the fucking movie. And the way Catherine Newton did deliver this line perfectly. Yes. Great line. Uh, running away from Millie in the body of the Blissfield Butcher, uh, Josh, uh, 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 let's see. Well, Josh just says, you're black, I'm gay, we're so dead, or whatever. <laughs> He's not lying. <laughs> no, in most movies, he would have been right. Uh, Ryler's line, I'm not here to clam jam you, Millie. <laughs> that was, oh, my God. Because <laughs> the, the Blissfield Butcher in that body is giving off heavy lesbianic vibes at yes. that moment in time. Get so. Extra rapey is what was happening. Yeah. Although to give the Blissfield Butcher his due, when he was in Millie's body, he didn't know how to dress better. Oh than yeah, she did. way better. Oh my god, makeup was on point too. <laughs> even there, even her friend, uh, the, her gay friend Josh, was like, uh, "Does she look cute?" <laughs> yeah, there's a. I don't know what that says about the Blissfield Butcher that he knows, uh, you know, how to apply makeup that well. But I mean, there's a lot of sexual repression going yes, on in his situation for sure. Z's. Uh, Jenny, uh, don't underestimate a straight white man's propensity for violence, Isaac. I don't care how fucking old they are. <laughs> they had to throw that line in there. I, it's it's laughable, but at the same time, it's cringe. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, Deputy Jim Hayworth, suspects fleeing the high school in a shit heap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they're driving off in Josh's car. That was hilarious. Uh, uh, Millie is the Blissfield Butcher. I smell like hot dog water. <laughs> I was dead. <laughs> Yeah, she's just like, I smell like hot dog water. That's gross, because I could smell it. Like, it gave a good, not visual, but I don't know, nosual, nasual. 
There's a, I'm glad that she made Vince Vaughn take a bath. That's all I'm going to yes, say. Yes, that was funny. Or but she shower. did put those clothes back um, on, though. Mil- also, Millie is the Blissfield Butcher as she's flopping it around in the in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. you got to see this. It's like a floppy anteater. And the noises. <laughs> Why? With the sound effects. Yeah, it was, it was pretty graphic. Uh, Josh's mom. Joshua, you are many things, but straight is not one of them. That was funny. <laughs> I was wondering if she was going to fall for it. I was wondering if they're going to make it seem like she was happy that he was straight. And she was like, nope, I'm not going. I'm not falling for no, this shit. she's like, I know my son, and he's this is not right. And then Millie at the end of the movie, I am a fucking piece. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, movie discussion. Visually, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, the the movie looks great. Yes. I mean, bright, vivid colors, very good use, like we was talking about, the lighting. It's, I mean, especially the scenes where, where Millie is waiting for her deadbeat mom, who's the drunk or whatever, to show up to pick her up from homecoming and she stares across the way and sees Blissfield Butcher and kind of like the hazy mist or whatever, uh, perfectly, you know, yeah. filmed. It looks great. Um, and then that scene with the cryo chamber too, the way that that girl's eyes like look like glassed over because yeah. of the ice on them. Oh, it's so good. It's, yeah. It looks great. I yep. can't, I, I mean, is there anything in the movie you can think? I mean, just visually, it's a great movie. I mean. I will say there was something that irked me, and I don't know why, and maybe you could uh, maybe you can sway my thoughts on this. I did not like the stab with Ladora, LaDona. Um, I didn't feel like it was effective. It felt like it was a dull blade, which is fine, but it only went in so far. It didn't feel like they really put their all into it. It looked fake. Yeah, it... I'll agree with you to an extent, I, but I think there's a reason for it. So it does look like in the movie that it's a pulled punch, if you mm-hmm. want to say it that way, that it looks like he he only half-heartedly, you know, like stabbed her, like whereas in a normal movie, like that would have been a very visceral like feeling, like you would have seen her whole body shake from it and all this other stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, the way they portray the, the knife in the movie is as soon as he does that, he feels the pain from her. So it's almost like they're giving the reason why he pulled his punch because right whenever he stabs her, he feels the pain instead. And so he's pulling the punch because he's trying to save himself from the pain. Yes, and I get that. I just don't they – didn't, they didn't showcase that very well, I don't think. It, but it's it's super quick. That's yeah. the problem with it. It's such it's a quick cut. It's almost like you know they used to they make they used to make fun of the MTV like style editing, which uh, House uh, on Haunted Hill that we you know that we reviewed, or I guess Thirteen Ghosts is is even worse, where it's like those real quick like almost give you seizures type you know like cuts or whatever. Yeah, they had that during. I mean, no other part in the movie was like that except for that one scene with a knife. And then it was just like, you know, they were trying to do too much in that scene because not only were they showing him stabbing her and then the quick pull away, but they also did the quick cuts that the, that cool as shit looking Aztec temple with the person getting sacrificed and like under a, a bloody moon or whatever it was. I yeah. mean, it was a cool scene, but it cut too much away from the scene of him stabbing her. Yeah, so visually, I mean, other than that, everything looked really, really good. Uh, that was just the one thing that I was like, mm, I'm not liking this. But, I mean, I didn't hate it, so. I mean, that scene where he breaks the bottle inside that guy's oh my neck, God. I mean, that was so visceral, that so well so done. That was so cool, yeah. They did an amazing job with that. Um, Story, it's, it's a neat twist on the Freaky Friday movies. Yeah. It really is. I mean, you know, if Tucker and Dale's like a good twist on like the, you know, the hillbilly trope, this is a good twist on the, just the, basically the Freaky Friday trope. I mean, cause how many times have they remade those movies oh, now? And, and, and they've, and I saw recently while researching this, that, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is talking again about doing another, uh, Freaky Friday sequel with, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Oh, that would like, be awesome. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan needs to make a comeback. She seems to be doing so well. I watched her terrible Christmas love story film, but I mean, I wouldn't say terrible because of her. I mean, she really did make that film, but like, I, I wouldn't say make it as an actress. She, you know, made it as great as it was. Cause I love cheesy Christmas love stories. And I was just so excited to see her back in the film thing. So she's got an interesting paranormal slash uh, human horror movie that we might need to cover next or uh, when we do human horror it's it's uh got this weird twist where she keeps seeing herself being killed or she, and she's trying to solve her own murder Ooh. uh but there's a twist to it i mean it's 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 not the best movie ever but the 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 plot is interesting i'll put it that way what the twist um 
let's see, acting in the movie. That's where I think we're going to have our biggest discussion. I, I, Vince Vaughn knocks it out of the park in both roles. Oh, yeah. He does. Catherine Newton, however, I, it's taken me multiple times. I've watched this movie, I think, three or four times now, counting the times that I watched it for like HHN last year because mm-hmm. it was going to be a house. Oh, yeah. And she's grown on me, but she is very, uh, it's very subtle, her acting is in this movie. And I, and, I, and I don't mean that in a good way. I feel like Vince Vaughn totally steals the scenes that, you know, and yeah. then she's kind of left way off to the side. She d- Yeah, it is. And I don't like how when she first gets in the body, it looks like he's just an evil entity. It doesn't seem like he's an uh, actual person. And she's just like, friends. Cool. And it's just, I'm like, okay, like she's, it was too much. I know that she, she, he, it, because now she's currently a man in that body. She's trying to bring forth his character. I don't think it worked very well. It was just like, oh, you know, he can talk where as he, at the end of the film, he is talking, he is using full sentences. You know, yeah, so- that's that's the weird thing about the movie too that I was going to bring up, and I'm glad you mentioned it. It's like when you first see the butcher, he's just like a, a, a silent Jason-like killer, mm-hmm. uh, very effective. But I mean, that's what he does. And then, like her first portrayal of him is that she starts out that way, just you know, a few like words here and there. But then there's that scene halfway through when they've got her tied up, and she's supposed to be the butcher, and she starts saying, "No, I'm not." You know, he that's the killer. Yeah. You know, I'm Millie, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, the butcher's never shown that he ever. I mean, now, granted, in the, in the you know where you're at in the story, because he doesn't have his strength and his size anymore, he has to result in like using her own. You know. Yeah. Uh, benefits which is you know her looks and her you know you know the fact that most people believes her you know being the you know put upon girls versus the the big nasty man or whatever but it 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 speaks to an intelligence that the character has never shown to that point yeah um i am gonna throw out i absolutely loved the fact that she was getting her world wrecked because she did not have the strength of vince vaughn's body yeah, that, that was, was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, because, that was the best I mean, thing you could do in that film. up against uh, walls and... She was getting I mean, fucked up. <clears throat> I was like, oh, I love this. Because you, you kind of think that she's just going to be this badass killer. No, you don't have the strength that you used to. So I thought that I thought that was hilarious. They show multiple times that Millie in Vince Vaughn's body is uh, is like she's got a strength she never, I mean, like obviously never had before because like she tries to like the one time when Josh comes running up to her with the the soup ladle or whatever it is and like tries to hit her and she's just like, stop. And like she pushes him, but like she doesn't realize her own strength because yeah. when she does it like slams him against the wall. She's, and she's like, like, I'm oh, strong. Shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are neat things. It's just that I wish there would have been a scene that would have shown Vince Vaughn being that smart or talking in yes. some way, shape, or form prior because just like how I, I don't like the fact that Catherine Newton's character doesn't really show much of her personality until after she's, you know, supposedly been in Vince Vaughn's body. It's it's kind of, it, I feel like it does both of them a disservice at some point in the movie. One thing that um, that Millie did well is well i guess as the butcher is when she's at the school and she sees her body which is vince vaughn and she's like oh shit that's the other person she wants to keep this body obviously uh Mm -hmm. because it's way to her benefit and she overacts the part as a scared girl so she already has the voice of the girl she already has the body of a girl she already has the looks of the girl but it's Vince Vaughn pretending to be a girl in her body. So it's like her, help. And she just, her voice changes to even girlier than what it normally is. It's just real cheesy girl. Like a girl wouldn't actually, who was actually scared, wouldn't sound like that. She was being dramatic. That's that's a good point to her benefit. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why it's taken me several times to get you know, used to her character in this movie. Because it's little things like that where she's... Even though she is a girl and she's play, but she's playing somebody who is, you know, who's yeah. a man and, you know, so like she's playing up, you know, it's a little subtle thing, but she's playing up like, you know, how cheesy it is. It's like, oh my God, this is a killer, you know, yeah. like there's, and everybody of course takes her word for it because, you know, yeah. she's 
I mean, that that's what they would do in that case. Absolutely. Um, it was it was hilarious uh, because I'm trying to think if she had actually if it was Millie, she it would have been her screaming like a goddamn man. Oh, my God, it's him. But this was like, oh, my, help me, help me. And it's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> um, and I, I there, but there's little things like that that upon multiple views, I have grown to like her portrayal a little bit more each time. It's still not my favorite. Yes. Like, I mean, it's and 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 I still feel like she gets really hurt by the fact that Vince Vaughn outshines her in well, yeah. both roles. It's hard to deny that the pretty princess in this film is Vince Vaughn. <laughs> um, and the and the funny thing is too is that. It's not the director's fault because uh, when we watch Happy Death Day, I will tell you straight up that Tree in that movie is my favorite final girl in probably any movie just because she starts out, as, like I've said before, she's such a rotten person. Yeah. But, like, the character growth is there to make her a person that you root for through the course of the movie. And he, he worked with that actress, and he got that out of her. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like – the, the times that we've seen her as Claire Novak and the times I've seen her in this, I don't feel like Catherine Newton. I mean, that, that she she's getting better, but she's still not like a top-tier actress by any means. Yeah, I don't know that she's going to be. She's trying, but it's not. It's she's not a, happening. She's a little too passive, I feel like, in the role. She doesn't really come across as like a, like, I mean, uh, there's not enough personality there to really sell what she's trying to accomplish in a lot of these roles. Yeah. Uh, music in this, uh, music was fairly good in this one. I mean, it was, you know, like, especially like that dramatic music that they had whenever the Ladola was being yeah. used and it like showed the, you know, the Aztec temple and, and all that stuff. Uh, it was a little bit cringe at the end though, where it said, where she said, I'm a piece. And then it started kicking to that like pop, you know, like princess, you know, rah, rah, female power music or whatever, but <laughs> I thought the music it, was appropriate. Uh, nothing it, more, nothing fit, less. Yeah. yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. I didn't really notice it. Uh, you, like you said, with the, with the, Ladola, La, La, La did I say it? All? I said Ladola, Ladora, Ladona. <laughs> Ladora the Explorer. Yeah. I am all over the place here. Uh, I, of course it was appropriate for that. So, and then of course, scary scenes, you know, that it had good, uh, tension music. So I noticed that. And then I think the teeny bopper music was also effective because it was so fucking cheesy. It's, it's, it's bringing up a time in a person's life, you know, uh, high school. And I, it it was, it was cheerful, but at the same time, there's an ominous feeling around. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that the movie really sells the horror that much. Like, I feel like they did a really good job in like the vert when, when Vince Vaughn is just the butcher at the yeah. beginning and, and the scenes where him and Millie first interact, like I said, where she's seeing him across the, you know, the way or whatever, while she's waiting for her mom. But after that, like the, the humor just drastically overtakes like any horror in the movie. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's just, but that's, you know, it, it doesn't really balance the, the horror at, along with the humor that well. Would you want to know why he's a Blissfield butcher? Because there was no backstory to him whatsoever. I know because I feel like that's one of the faults of like modern horror movies is they try to give too much yeah. background to some of these killers. And like, sometimes it's, it's better to, it's like I say about like kills sometimes in movies. Like if there's an, like that kill in, in Friday part six, where the one girl who would have been a final girl in any other movie, the one that was trying to take care of the female camper. Yeah. It just gets exploded by Jason. We don't even know what he did, but like whenever you see the room and it's just filled with the pieces or body and like, blood everywhere yeah that's a, like my mind just feels in so much worse than if they would have showed that scene yeah like, you know so it's just like and, and like these killers i think whenever their motivation's unknown like it's it's more interesting to me than like if they went back and they'd shown him he was bullied as a kid or whatever oh, yeah. you know and homecoming he might have got like swirlied and pantsed or something and you know uh because it, it has something to do with homecoming so i mean in your own yeah. mind you can create whatever happened at homecoming that, that caused him to be that way i mean he's after those crazy I, teenagers doing willy-nilly shit <laughs> 
I mean, it could be as bad. I don't know if you ever saw that movie or that show, 13 Reasons Why. Uh, they did like a second season of that. And like one of the characters, and I can't remember if it's in the first or second, but basically he gets, I mean, he gets bad stuff happen to him with a broomstick. So I'm going to say, and then like, I could imagine the Blissfield Butcher maybe yeah. happened to him one time at homecoming. And that's why he started killing people. Dang. Um, <laughs> one more thing. When you see uh, the Blissfield Butcher's killer lair, did you get uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes? Very much. And okay. there was also a lot of, I mean, not only was he experimenting on stuff, but there was a lot of, like, feminine experimentation, mm. which goes, you know, like, if you look, there's a lot of, like, makeup, you know, like, uh, on yeah. the faces and stuff. Hitting, again, he's got some kind of sexual hang-up. Yeah, which is why he was so good at his own makeup. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Millie could take <laughs> some fucking hints, you know? <laughs> Uh, you want to jump in the trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Vince Vaughn's fall during the auditorium chase was accidental <laughs> and not scripted. Uh, Vaughn slipped on a fake plant that was knocked over and lost his balance, but continued to sing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good actor right there. Yeah, didn't even break scene, just went with it. Uh, Catherine Newton was the first choice for Millie, but she originally declined the role. However, after speaking with Jason Blum about the project, she uh, eventually changed her mind and agreed to do the movie. Which is funny because I know this was in the Blum House at uh, <laughs> at a uni- uh, Universal Hollywood Horror Nights, but I completely forgot this was a Blum House film. And I'm like, does Blum House do uh, horror comedies? All the, yeah, they, they were the ones behind uh, uh, Happy Death Day. They do them with Universal, though. So that's okay. the reason that Universal and Blumhouse have such like a close connection because I think Universal allows them to have, like or they, they agree to front part of the money, and then Blumhouse does the majority of it, and then they, they you know, whatever deal they've got worked on the back end. But, like, I mean, there, I mean there's a lot. Like, any time you, wa- you watch a, uh, a Blumhouse movie, there's a lot of times that they'll have Universal plastic across the front of it. I think Megan's that way right okay. now. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I can give Universal credit. They're keeping horror alive. I mean, oh, yeah. They, they're one of the big companies that would. I mean, I can't imagine Disney would. I mean, <laughs> even how fucking lame they are with things. <laughs> they, they bought out Fox, so that ain't going to happen anymore. The Fox used to be the place where Aliens was produced. That sucks. And so it's really up to WB, who owns like Pennywise and some of the other like movies like that and Universal to keep making horror movies at the moment. Yeah. Uh, director, co-writer Christopher Landon proposed a crossover movie with Happy Death Day uh, called Freaky Death Day. Uh, however, um, now I didn't put this in the notes, but he has come out since then and said that he doesn't see this happening. He would like to see Millie meet Tree in a movie, but he doesn't see like actually continuing the events of this movie in in, a, in another you know movie at all. So yeah, I mean, technically they could have. Ah, well, Vince Vaughn is dead. I mean, they could have him, Jason Voorhees, it out and come back and still be well, after Millie. There's ways around it because when we get to Happy Death Day, it talks about the it, it. Part two, in particular, is delving into parallel universes, and so there they could go to a parallel universe where, like, you know, Millie died and you know he took over or something. You know, if they wanted to go that route. Yeah, there's a lot of things they could do. I'm sure. Uh, the bulk of the movie takes place on Friday the 13th. Uh, the film was released Friday, November 13th in 2020. <laughs> awesome. Um, at the football game, Booker's last name of Strode is seen on his jersey. This is a reference to uh, the slasher icon Laurie Strode from Halloween. Uh, in, in addition, Blumhouse uh, previously made Halloween 2018. The final girl. Yep. Uh, it's kind of funny that... Uh, what was it? She called him uh, Vince Vaughn playing Millie, called him Booker Hooker or something <laughs> like that. Uh, the first title was Killer Body. It was changed to Freaky Friday the 13th and then to Freaky. I mean, Freaky to me is not effective. I, I feel like Freaky Friday the 13th is a yeah. slightly better title. I like that but better. Then, I don't know if Paramount would have like gave them shit over it because you know yeah. Paramount does on the rights to Friday, so I don't know if they would have said anything about it. Maybe so that definitely could be. And killer body implies that we are going to see someone with a fucking amazing body. And no offense to Catherine, but she's got the body of a teenager, uh, so that would have been awkward. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Uh, the poem that Millie placed in Booker's locker, which she recites to him, is "I am not yours" by Sarah Teasdale. Okay. 
The director says in the commentary that he couldn't get approval to use various search engines and products, but Grinder of all things, was completely fine with using a version of their app in the film, as long as the character using it was 18. Oh, was he 18? Like, in general, the, the actor might have been 18, but was the character 18? He was in high school. Uh, that's up for your imagination, because they were supposed to be, they weren't even high school seniors, so I don't know how that was possible, but nope, whatever. That's a no. All right, uh, Grinder. Uh, Christopher Landon cited Fright Night from 85, The Blob in 88, Scream in 96, uh, Scream 2, Urban Legend, Cherry Falls, and Jennifer's Body as inspirations for the movie. That's a big list of movies and a lot of good ones, by the way. Yeah, uh, but, okay, question, where does The Blob come in? I'm trying to think if it was a specific, well, is a kill or not. Like, there's the whole thing where in the in the Blob remake where they got like this uh guy with a motorcycle jacket that rides on a motorcycle is like the love interest so maybe like millie's look was inspired by that guy or something because she had the leather jacket and everything i don't know yeah it's i mean i get it uh she reminded me of swan from uh once upon a time i told you about that show which is disney on on crack if you will i don't know um (laughs) i get the fright night only because you think of how the skies were kind of changing, opening up, because I that, that's one of the few things I remember in Fright Night. So I get that. I get Scream. I get Urban Legends. Cherry's Falls I haven't seen. And Jennifer's body. I mean, her body was a vessel. Obviously, this is the case in this film. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Megan Fox, definitely. I mean, if, if they were called maybe Killer Body, it's time for oh, yeah. Jennifer's body. That would have worked for her. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Vince Vaughn told a stunt driver to actually hit him with a car when he was crossing the street early in the film. The director said Vaughn uh, said he could take the hit, and he did. Oh, my God. Fucking weirdo. (laughs) He wanted to look good, so he got it. Uh, The Pitch Perfect 2 poster in Millie's room is actually the poster from Pitch Perfect, the first movie, but for some reason uh, they put the text of Pitch Perfect 2 on it. That's a universal film, so that's why they got by with using it. Yeah, and I'm like, but why? Like, because I'm like, maybe they did that, and it's still it's still the property, no matter what. It's their property, needless to say. But that, I wonder if they did that, and wonder if people would notice. I, maybe they did that as a, like another hint that maybe this is in an alternate universe or something. Like if he wanted to go, if he wanted to go back, he could say that that was not the prime universe or something. Maybe that Millie switching with is not like the unit, same universe that tree is like the hero in. And like, they, you know, would crossed over that way if he would have did it the other way. I don't yeah. know. You, in the opening scene, the secret door in the back of the closet was actually a real thing in that house, totally unexpected whenever they scouted the location. That's wow. cool. That's awesome. That bitch should have stayed there. Uh, that's my dumbest moment. Yes. I've never seen anybody who had a better hiding spot in any horror movie ever, and the bitch left it and died. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the lunch lady that runs away in the cafeteria scene is costume designer Whitney Ann Adams. Uh, the Blissfield Butcher's mask uh, vaguely resembles a hockey mask, uh, you know, as a homage back to Jason. He later wears a full Aaron Rodgers mask, which is similar to Michael Myers wearing a William Shatner mask in Halloween and its sequels. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that mask was pretty fucking legit. I mean, I know it, it looks like a mask, but at the same time, if you're not paying attention, it looks like a person. They had it tucked in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. As as a good little uh, scene, I like that scene where uh, Millie, as the butcher, had to sit there and basically like ward off her mom trying to hit on yes. her or whatever. That was a, a really weird scene to have to deal with. This is a variation, obviously, on Freaky Friday, a 1972 novel by Mary Rogers that was made and remade several times by Disney. Um, this uh, and the story, of course, always involves two people who swaps bodies as a result of some sort of magic. I believe Kirk Cameron did a version, didn't he, where he swapped bodies with his dad or something in one of them? Um, I'm, I'm fairly sure that's I a thing. I think so, yeah. Uh, Coral Kessler, who uh, who played a or played by Katie Finneran, uh, drinks swan song wine. Swan song is a phrase meaning the last thing someone does before death. Oh, my God. I was wondering about that. I was like, what is the relevance? Because they showed it multiple times that she's drinking swan song wine. And I'm like, what kind of two-buck chuck is this? (laughs) 
uh, when melee possessed by the butcher uh, uses a large hook as a uh, murder weapon, it is likely an homage to the hook killer. And I know what you did last summer. That was I, I enjoyed some of those movies. They, they were pretty cool. Oh, uh, when we get to those, they've got some major cheese in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in a good way, like when you go back and watch it. Uh, Millie Kessler's last name would appear to be a reference to an American werewolf in London where the lead character's name is David Kessler. Damn. So a lot of homages to older horror movies. In the arcade, there's a Jurassic Park 1993 game, which is acknowledged in the end credits. Vince Vaughn appeared in the sequel, The Lost World. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, it's a universal property. So yeah. there you go. Another there we one. go. During the film's audio commentary, director Christopher Landon mentions at the beginning that actor Mitchell Hu, who plays Evan, resembles Zach from Saved by the Bell. Uh, it's funny because Hu plays Zach's son, Mac, in the reboot. Um, I've never watched the reboot because I heard things about it. And, man, I mean, yeah, even if, I mean, there, there's enough that can be said about Zach Morris and how yeah. he could have been a villain, the, the way of what the stuff that he did. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they outright made him a villain in the new series, and I think that's a little, going a little too far. <sighs> God. The town square in the movie Freaky is in Covington, uh, Georgia, which is the same town square in Dukes of Hazard's first five episodes. Wow. Catherine Newton claimed that playing the role of the butcher caused her to have sore feet. She remarked that she wished she would have been able to play the part barefoot. What? Um, the only thing I can think of is that, that she had those boots or whatever that she started wearing whenever she was the, you know, the butcher. And, like, I guess they made her feet hurt. I don't know. Okay. It's Give her some complaint. Doc Martens. Those are some of the most comfortable boots. Uh, I mean, she could have, I mean, I don't know why she could have just argued, you know, told, like, whoever the, you know, uh, person was over the clothing. Just the, the that uh, clothing department could have just told them, like, listen, these these shoes don't fit me that well. Can yeah. We, you know, can we get another pair of boots? I mean, that would have been that hard. They had the budget. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Jenny and Sandra were both named after characters in Friday Part 2. Oh, there we go. <laughs> In the opening uh, sequence where the butcher kills his final victim with a spike on the wall, he lifts his head the same way that Michael Myers did yes. in Halloween 1978. <laughs> I caught that. I, th for, I was thinking Jason Voorhees for some reason, but yes, I caught the head tilt. Uh, the death scene involving a bottle getting shoved down someone's throat was has previously appeared in two other slasher movies, Sorority Row in 2009 and Into the Dark, Midnight Kiss from 2019 from the Hulu horror anthology series uh, Into the Dark. Hmm. Gross. Uh, it has, uh, this movie has cinematic parallels with the comedy of the hot chick. Yes. Both have young schoolgirl swapping bodies with an older criminal man while trying to prevent them from using their image for evil and uh, reversing the change before the school dance. Oh my God, the hot chick was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, Death Holler Awards. Uh, what do you think? I mean, this one's tough. I mean, what do you think about Millie and the Butcher? I mean,. <laughs> Um, As a final the, girl, Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I mean Vince Vaughn's the better final girl. Uh, yeah, in the movie. But in, and and but in you know for Millie that to me that makes her the best butcher too. It, she's more effective as far as her kills. But, yes, I mean uh, he's scarier. So, well, yeah. Uh, that, so it's I don't know. It's a toss up. But that's yeah, the she's best way part, though. You don't expect it from her. Yeah, like, and she totally, like, the only person who halfway gives her shit over it is that, is that a teacher uh, for Woodshop, but that's only because he hates her guts anyway. Oh, yeah, which was funny. I, that, that was a great fight, so. <laughs> uh, the best kill in the movie, I got the crowd chamber. You're not going to top that in any other movie. I mean, you know, I, there might be a scene like that in Jason X, you know, maybe, but, like, I mean, freezing somebody to death and then what, and then watch them fall out and then like just burst into pieces. I mean, that's pretty out there. Yeah. Uh, the woodshop table saw was pretty good too, though. Yeah, uh, for me, it was definitely going to be the bottle one. That one, that one, bottle down the throat. I was like, at the beginning of the film, I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, I can't very, get over that. Like, like, like I said earlier, very visceral because I mean, there, there's a lot of strength behind that. Like the way that Vince Vaughn just like you know, yeah. basically knocks that down his throat and then just snaps it, you know, yeah. to cause him to die. I loved it. There is no other for me. Uh, best scream in the movie is Jenny. I mean, whenever she's like, you know, you know, the last one left and she's seeing like her dead friends and all that, like her screams stand out quite a bit oh, more yeah. than anybody else's in the movie. I don't think, 
I don't think the final girl herself actually screams that much prior to like, she's, she's more about like, you know, just standing up to the butcher before he stabs her. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's, I think that plays something into her as a character. She's just tired of being bullied at that point. Yeah. And, and that's why she's, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, I mean, she's a different type of final girl, even before she, you know, swaps bodies. Yeah. Best boobs is not applicable because <laughs> there is none that's shown in this movie. Not even Vince Vaughn, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. They 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 kind of show him from just like the neck up whenever he gets out of the shower scene, so you don't even get the moobs, as it were. Yeah. Uh, how annoying is Doom Prophet? You don't really have one. Uh, Evan, you know, whenever he's telling him about the story of the Blissfield Butcher, you know, playing yeah. that same characters like Chad did in the previous in Tucker and Dale, but that's not really a Doom Prophet necessarily. Yeah. I mean, can you think of anybody else that would have been the Doom Prophet in this? I mean, nobody else really seems to care or know anything about the Butcher. It seems like. Well, I well no because I guess the mom was trying to. Not, get her daughter to not go to prom because of the sexual, you know, activity more than anything, not so much the Blissfield Butcher. So I guess not. Her sister may be a little bit, but she wasn't really a doom prophet. She was just mainly like, you know, She's a cop. Just, playing, just a cop, yeah. you know, and a protective bigger sister. I mean, you know, uh, uh, let's see, best side character. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I picked Josh just because he has some of the better lines in the movie, but I don't really, there's nobody else that really stands out as a good side character to me. I would have to go with Josh too. I think that, yes, we got your, we got your, your token gay guy, if you will. Yeah. You know, very token, but, you know, flamboyant. He is flamboyant, but he didn't, he didn't overact. He, that's how they are, you know? I know, yeah. en- I know enough gay guys to know. I mean, I hate to say it, it, it it's the basic gay guy, you know, <laughs> and everything. But he was he was funny. He delivered his lines very well. Uh, he was a thinker. Uh, I know most of them to be that way. So, um, you know, plotting out the next move, trying to keep it calm, somewhat to a degree, you know, even though that they they're dramatic for the most part. So I don't know. I I think he I think he was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he delivered, like I said, he was the best comic relief in the movie. I mm-hmm. mean, so I, I give him credit for that. But he almost gets an honorary Franklin Award, almost. Because there's times where he gets a little cringe with some of the stuff. You know, he he, he goes there, he just kind of skirts it. So I, yeah. I don't want to completely give him the Franklin Award, but, like, he's he's bordering on it at times. Yeah. And then the dumbest moment we've already discussed, Jenny leaving that <laughs> secret door. Nobody in the history of horror movies has ever had a better hiding place ever. Okay, and here's my dumb way, my dumb explanation to explain it away, is that it obviously leads to a room, so I wonder if it was another easily accessible room. Like, if it was just a room behind them, it would make sense that she thought I should run in the opposite direction because he went around the corner, and he might be able to access that room very easily. We don't know that, though. If it was a hidden room then bitch stay wherever the fuck you are you know was there no phone in there could you not call the cops well her parents were almost there now she might have been unfortunate enough to witness her parents getting killed by the butcher if if she'd been still around and he was waiting on her to come out yeah it it just depends like i said she had a really good hiding place yeah just where like when we talk about like whenever i mentioned intruder there's a scene in the movie where the final girl in that is like, she's kind of, because of the way that the store set up, she's like hid herself behind like the couple of these, uh, like shelving units that are like, that she's like scooted up against each other. So that like, I mean, she's kind of just like, you know, in the same situation Jenny's in her yeah. problem is though, is that, uh, she, there, there's like some bottles that have been knocked over near her. And like, she's got like this nosebleed perpetually throughout the movie. And, like, the blood starts running down, and it, like, seeps out through the stuff that's, like, spilled. And, like, the killer sees the blood coming out. So, that's how he knows where she's at. Yeah. Um, but And there's a real good scene where Bill's walking up, and it's, like, you know, just, like, Spiegel done where he, like, he films through stuff. He's got, like, this green bottle, and you just see, like, a distorted version of, like, Bill's face as he's, like, staring in, trying to see if he can find her. Um, but she, I mean, she, her that little spot between those shelving units was, like, nowhere near as secure as that, that extra door. So, yeah. I don't know. You um, never know. She's dead. 
and and she wasn't impaled uh, by the spear. She was actually like just flung up on the spear. Yeah, which is kind of a cool kill in its own way. That was awesome. Uh, anything else you want to say about Freaky before we uh, close this one up? This one surprised me. I know you've been trying to get me to watch this forever. Um, and I and I had been through the haunted house or the the Halloween Horror Nights home, and I'm gonna say having. No, I I didn't watch the movie before I went through it, so I was just going to this like, oh, here's a bum house haunted house. Hopefully, it's good. It was, it was good in, you know, when I was experiencing that at Universal, and having watched it, now knowing they did an amazing job at Universal bringing this house to life. Yeah, it, of the two houses, I mean, or the two parts of that house, I liked it way better than um, what what's the other one, Black Phone? Yeah, Black Phone. Um, because Black Phone. There's a when you can't like I mean they didn't vary the scenes up dramatically in this either but like whenever you have this just like one setting and you have one character and it just has to repeat with like different stuff yeah that gets a little samey uh, whereas you know in this one at least they showed the table saw scene which was great you know and then there's a scene where like an actress who was being like Millie like pops out like from behind like a uh, like a locker uh, as you're walking through that was a pretty cool scene yeah. Um, so they, I, I enjoyed it way better uh, of the two parts of the Blumhouse from uh, the last HHN. Yeah. So, uh, but that being said, this was uh, pretty fucking enjoyable. I don't know why I wasn't expecting much from it uh, when you had first told me about it. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Uh, I think, but Vince Vaughn, like I said, he is definitely the princess of the film, uh, and he really brings it. We can't leave the movie though without talking about that cringy scene where he kisses the oh the my boy. god! That... <laughs> I, I mean, no matter how many times I've watched it, I mean, like I said, I've learned to appreciate more and more about Catherine Newton's performance in the movie. But like, the more I watch it, the more I hate that scene. Anytime when they're in the back of that car, I'm just like, no, no, just skip this. Yeah. When was this film made? 2020. Okay, so... Or it was it was released in 2020. I don't know when it was filmed. Okay. But. Ironically, that kid was 23 years old, so well above the age of consent. But he looks so young. He looks like a kid, you well, know? And I mean, Vince Vaughn, being the beast that he is, I oh, mean, yeah. makes it even worse. That was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. Uh, I'm sure it was an honor for him to kiss Vince Vaughn. I guess I, I don't know. It's just it's that seems very hard to uh, you know just to watch, and I just I can't. I, it's I, it's it's bad for me to watch that scene as uh, watching like a fingernail break off, and that's like one of my biggest things I hate seeing in a movie. So. Yeah, I, it was that was horrible. I was like, this is not fucking happening. So whatever, it happened. They did it, and I guess I, I guess you would say it was effective. It probably got everybody all fucking curled into well, like a. Ugh. Well, I mean, it's not just the fact that it's like two two guys. It's not that. I mean, you you already established in the movie the Blissfield Butcher like smelled like hot dog water prior to, you know, like Millie taking a bath with him. He has no dental hygiene, so can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's uh, that, that's one extra step that my mind goes to. I'm like, you, you're kissing a dude that's probably got meth mouth. Well, uh, I mean, like, you know, clearly he's gotten his his a dong sucked for drugs before so you know he's dabbling yeah, yeah, in them. that whole thing too so, <laughs> I mean. oh my god uh you know here's what it is vince vaughn has swagger so <laughs> and he gave millie the confidence she needed you know she, she's very charismatic so obviously that's what made it happen it's just so fucking weird it's uh, best just to leave it alone. But Very yeah, gay. I mean, my, my opinions on the movie is I enjoy it more now. Like when I first watched it, I was kind of let down just because it's by the same director as um, Happy Death Day. And that's one of my favorite yeah. horror comedies to come out. So it's it's a bit of a letdown from that. But the more I went back and watched it, it's grown on me. So it, I, I appreciate things about it. And the more I watch it, there's more and more things that I appreciate it, but it's more of a slower burn. Like, you know, Tucker and Dale's like an instant hit, whereas this one's like, okay, it started out at like a three, and now it moved up to 3.5. It's not quite at a four yet, but it's, you know, like a 3.8 for me or something. Yeah. It's, it's edging its way up there, but. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. I, I enjoyed both of these films. 
um plugs we've got was it lean into it is that the name of it lean into it that's what the guys are going with uh so which i have named on facebook lean into it the podcast formerly known as blue collar bs just to be an asshole uh and also to make sure people know hey reference this is this is still blue collar bs i believe when it comes to platforms of listening, podcast uh, podcast platforms, they are still blue collar BS. I don't think they've changed that yet, and I don't know that they're going to. So if you're already following them, uh, you're gonna when they start posting them on there, you're gonna that's where you're gonna get your shows still. Uh, so whether you're listening to iTunes, um, you know, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, whatever, I believe it's still blue collar BS. <clears throat> but when you go onto Facebook. Uh, if you're following uh, Lean Into It podcast, and that's just the guys kind of the chimps, if you will, just kind of dicking around talking about random subjects that come up to mind. They don't really have an agenda in terms of what's going to be discussed each show. I know they grab a couple of uh, things that they've seen throughout the week and they might discuss that. Other than that, they just bring up random shit and flow with it. So it's a really off the cuff kind of podcast, whereas you and I are a little bit more prepared. You know, there's material we have to uh, watch at minimum. And then you actually put show notes together, which is fucking amazing. So, <laughs> so there's that. I, I just can't do everything off the cuff. I can't remember enough about, I mean, I could sit there and just kind of go off things about the movie. Which, yeah. Uh, you know, we can do anyways. We're doing the review, but like, I like to have like the basics about it so I can reference back if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. I just can't, you know, I can't either. Uh, you know, all, sometimes, I mean, sometimes stuff comes up. And I'm just like, okay, uh, if somebody brings up something, if I know about it, and then I'm also a Googler. So obviously you guys know I will I will put Google up in the middle of a show, no shame, and start researching something I don't know or want to know more about. So there's that. Um, Hot Mess Express, I don't know what we're going to – I don't know how we're going to accomplish that. Maybe not particularly a good time, especially with what Candy has recently. She's fine, but uh, her, her dating life took a, took a sad turn. In terms of uh, actually getting into a relationship and that not going well. so But we are going, we're planning a girl's trip uh, in May. We wanted to give us enough time to recover financially from anything. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to go to my not-so-favorite place in the world, Disneyland. She's got a season pass. Her mom got her one. And uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to set us up kind of like I did for Avi and I when we went to Vegas. I'm going to every night, we're going to do a recap of the bullshit that happened, the random shit that we did. Uh, so that'll be something for sure coming out in the future, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. In the meantime, I don't know that we're going to be getting in the studio anytime soon, so... Nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. kind of ease back into the whole thing, and I mean... Uh, give lean into it time to yeah. you know, kind of get their footing a little bit. Let them get reestablished. I mean, it's the same bullshit. It's pretty funny. They've, they've just fallen right back into it, which is perfect. So hopefully that goes a little bit better. I mean, and for anyone who remembers or was listening, if you guys listen to both of our shows, they got booted from YouTube for uh, sexual sexually explicit content which was very surprising to me because you can actually see, from what I can tell, from what I've searched, I've done it myself, you can find porn. Actual porn, you can actually see bits and pieces on YouTube. And I'm like, okie dokie, you yeah, know? There's there's way worse. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. And in terms of Death Holler, whenever I do post to YouTube, which I do need to get back to doing that, I do mention that our show has, uh, you know, foul language, things like that. Uh, so that it's aimed more at an older audience. And whenever I post any of the, I think I downloaded the wrong movies, um, I make sure it's for 18 and over only. So when you have, you won't be able to find it at all if you're not logged into your account for YouTube. And if you're not 18, you're not going to be able to see it. So I am very careful about that. So I don't know if that's something that has protected us. I'm sure it has. So... Yeah, I'm sure that it's like having flagged will go a long way in there because they, they've got a lot of rules against saying the F word, apparently. Now. Wow. Like, I mean, oh, we're if, fucked. You're doing a, if you're doing a live stream and, and you drop the F bomb and like it might be how many times you say it or how soon oh, into the shit. live stream you say it, but they, they'll they'll demonetize you for doing it. Oh, well, we don't. We Thankfully, we don't have monetization, so they can fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, they can fuck off. Fuck right the fuck off. 
We're not live either, so we have to. I need to figure that out. I'm working on it. Look, I just got a new laptop. Okay, so we're we're moving on up in the editing world. Well, with that, everybody, peace be with you and with your spirit.